right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Setting the Scene. My name is Michael, I'm the host of the podcast. I'm also joined by Tarun. You wanna give yourself a quick introduction, Tarun? Yeah, sure, thanks, Michael. Uh, hey guys, my name is Tarun. I'm a senior at Rutgers University, majoring in finance and on the pre-medical path. Um, but uh, let's get right into it, Michael. Yeah, so this is gonna be the 27th overall episode. We're gonna be joined by the members of Med School Boys on an episode about lifestyle medicine. Before we get started and hop in, I want to go through a few introductions in case those listening might not be familiar. I'll go around uh, just asking for a quick introduction from y'all. If you could just let us know about your where you are in med school, aspirations, what drew you to the team, that'd be great. And anything else you'd like to add in? I'll first start off with Harsh. Hey, <clears throat> hey so I'm Harsh. Um, my full name's Harshit, and I went to undergrad at UT Dallas. And uh, all the med school boys were all now second year medical students at Texas A&M University. Uh, all of us actually became friends before starting the group. Um, so that's just kind of how med school boys started. We were, the TikTok was just kind of like a byproduct of our friendship. And as far as things that I like to do, um, I like to play video games and also play sports. Sounds good. I'll move on to Jesslyn. Hey guys, I'm Jesslyn. Uh, feel free to call me Jess. I did uh, my undergrad at Texas A&M University in, in public health, and then I did an MBA through the MD Plus program at Texas A&M. And, and like Harsha and the rest of the med school boys, I'm in my first year of medical school, or I finished my first year of medical school, so starting my second year. Sounds good. Arbob, what about you? Hey guys, my name's Arbob. Uh, I went to UT Austin for my undergrad, majored in biochemistry. Um, also a second year medical student. Um, in terms of med school boys, like Harsh said that, you know, we all became friends. We were just having fun and we made this account with nothing in mind, no expectations and just kind of made it for the fun of it and, you know, let us here. So um, stuff I like to do for fun. I'm very outdoorsy. I love playing sports, pick up games of volleyball, soccer, anything like that. Sounds good. And it really took off that social media. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Like we, you know, when it just goes off, it goes off and don't expect it. Mm -hmm. All right. Lastly, Aaron. Uh, what's up, y'all? My name is uh, Aaron Vandal. Um, I went to undergrad at SMU in Dallas and then I took a gap year and then now I'm here at med school. I'm about to be a second medical student like all the other guys. Uh, hobbies and aspirations, uh, basketball, video games like hardship, play a lot of war zones together and I guess videography. It's kind of what helped start this page, but yeah. All right. So we do have a few questions for y'all. If you could just, I'll, I'll name you. And if you could just kind of go through them, we'll, we'll go around the group to answer these questions. I wanted to first start off with something that all of you somewhat touched on, and that's what pushed you to involve yourself on the platform, on social media as students. You mentioned that you were a group. It's not something that you were chasing as getting big or blowing off, but it happened to be that way. So could you elaborate on more of the inspiration behind that, Harsh? Yeah, honestly, um, it's funny because uh, when our Med School Boys account was created, I didn't even have my own TikTok for the longest time. Um, and it kind of got weird to a point where we were posting all these videos every day, but I couldn't even comment on our own videos. So then I just made, our, I made my own, of course. Um, so the way that Med School Boys came about was First, we all became friends at this retreat that our school set up for us. Um, our school was 
great enough to where they have this retreat for all these M1s to get get together and meet each other before the school starts. Kind of like, you know, it's, it's a very chill vibe and you play all these games and introductions. And during one of the nights um, at this campsite, we all got together and we played board games together and we just instantly became friends and, you know, everyone exchanged numbers. And soon enough, we were all just going into the first day of class and we just knew each other. And on the first day we had our orientation. Um, so it was like a full day of orientation. And after orientation, we had our white coat ceremony. And so in between, we had to kind of move locations. And then Aaron, um, he had this idea. He, he already had his own TikTok page and he would occasionally post videos here and there. And he had an idea to post a video where we're transitioning from wearing our formal attire into our white coats. And so that video blew up and we just had no expectation of that. And when it did, um, I think our Bob and Aaron, you know, they'll talk about this and they'll kind of further elaborate about that. <laughs> they have better insight about that. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think, go ahead. Um, so I guess, yeah, like what Harsha was saying is when, you know, Aaron's always been into videography. He has another car page with his friends um, and he can talk more about that. And he loves cars. And so he loves videography. And I think that's what inspired him to do that wide coat TikTok in the first place. And when that TikTok blew up, that same night, me and Aaron, we were roommates. And so we we're like, hey, it'd be so cool to start a TikTok page. We have so many great guys and we can just see if we can document our journey in med school. And so we told all the guys, made that account and we would just post, not because we wanted the world to see what we were doing. It was mostly for us that we were recording what we were doing. So later on, come 10 years, 20 years, we could see you know, our first few days in med school. And so that was basically what started it all. Sounds good. Justin, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I would say the, the initial inception of, of Med School Boys leans towards entertainment and, and providing uh, med school students with or and pre-med students with kind of an alternative perspective on medicine, right? That isn't as serious or as professional. Um, and I think we've, we've started to shift and incorporate some of that more educational side and, and just really utilize the platform that we've started to develop to not only entertain, but also educate and, and showcase the, the diverse aspects of, of just what it's like to be a medical student and, and navigate the, the field of medicine. Great. In fact, that was one of my next questions about the type of message that you're pushing out there. I know that you guys post on a very variety of topics, but I'm sure there's, like you mentioned, an overall theme, trying to bring forward topics in a casual, chill kind of way. You mentioned things that people might not necessarily understand from a medical school, medical student's perspective. Could you touch on maybe a few experiences or stories about things like burnout, imposter syndrome, any of the topics that you've posted on and the stories behind them that people don't necessarily see? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think that um, the first semester of med school does a very good job of, of showing the pacing of med school at, at one of its worst. And I mean, we're, we only finished our first year, so we, we, don't, we don't necessarily know exactly the road ahead. You know, we, we have general ideas of the structure, but day to day, we're not 100% sure. But as far as the most grueling, I would say that first semester was pretty rough, just because um, there's a, a lot going on. Uh, you're doing everything from, you know, histology labs to to hours in the cadaver lab 
um, to you know, going to clinical applications, listening to physicians, learning about professional development, uh, taking classes on how to be less stressed. You know, it's uh, it, it's a, a whirlwind of, of emotions and experiences. And so um, th there's there's a feeling of, of, of being extremely overwhelmed because you're, you're trying to balance all these things. And then simultaneously in I would say all med school students have a certain level of type A-ness to them, not in every aspect of their life, but in, in certain aspects. So most medical students have worked very hard to get into medical school and they have habits, they have um, hobbies that they've developed over time. And now they have to try and balance all of those previous interests that they brought into medicine while simultaneously, and you've probably heard this phrase before, but just, you know, the fire hydrant of information and experience that you get in medical school. So balancing all of those things is extremely tough. And so the field of medicine and, and the field of social media and medicine is extremely saturated with tons of individuals who are sharing their experiences and their advice on how to navigate medicine. We are simply trying to provide some, some insight and light into the other aspects that might not be as educational. That doesn't mean we won't be doing that down the road, but but our step into the water is certainly just showcasing what day-to-day -day looks like from a casual perspective, that you can maintain all of those previous hobbies and interests and, and, and pursue what you enjoy while doing medicine. I was going to add on to really just a cap what Jasmine said. Uh, Surya, he likes to uh, pretty much like concisely wrap up what Jasmine said. We're just trying to show what what medicine like can be essentially, not what it has to be, because everyone's experiences are different. And for 10 of us, we have a group of 10 guys. And you know, that first semester was rough, but what made us all get through that first semester is you know, having each other, all the fun memories we had and the free time we had together. And that's what we documented throughout our first semester. So we're just showing that what it can be. If you have a group of good friends at med school, you can get, I think you can get through anything. We touched on how things jumped off after um, one of those TikToks, the one where you um, jumped into your white coats. Aaron, can you also elaborate on the fast growth outside of that as influencers reaching to a level of thousands of followers now past what you initially expected? Yeah, sure. Um, when we started the page, it was, uh, we didn't have any expectations of it. It was more so just for fun, right? Um, and I think what honestly helped us grow in that initial stage was just having no expectations and we were just simply vibing it so um there's i think our first like our first questions video we did an unexpected questions video it started off with uh just when what is white coat and it's kind of funny before we even made that video i told um karen it's like yo like after this is right after lecture ended and it was over something kidney related and i was like yo go tell him to put on his white coat because he didn't have his white coat on like we walked to class his white coat was scraped over his arm I was like, go, just go tell him to put his white coat on. And as soon as he puts on his white coat, I'm going to record him and ask him, where is um, two liters of water reabsorbed? So currently he goes up to Justin as we're outside the lecture hall. He's like, hey, man, I just want to see you with your white coat on. He's like, Justin's like, why? He's like, nah, I just, uh, you look good. And I just want to see you. I just want to see you put it on. Come on now. <laughs> Justin puts it on. As soon as he puts it on, I'm like, I go right behind him. I'm like, Justin, and he turns around. And that's that reaction you see in that video. He's just like shocked. He's like, bro, come on. Like, he was like, he's just taken he had no idea what was happening and i asked him that and and then he answered correctly obviously um the proximal common two wheel and then we asked we put that video together we posted it and i think we were at um I forgot how many followers 
we are probably like under 10,000 followers at that point, at like 6,000 followers. And we posted that video and overnight we got, it was, we got to 10,000, like at the next day at 7 a.m., we got to 10,000 followers. And then that video progressively, I think like in a week, it got us to 40,000. So that was just simply vibing it, having fun with the page. And we got to 40,000 followers and we're like, okay, wow. Um, now we have this following. What do we want to do with this page? And that's where we started trying to figure out what we really wanted to do with content and different, different types of content. So, and it just went from there and here we are now today. Pretty cool story. I did want to touch on how you all fit into this group. It seems like you all mesh together just personality wise. Harsh, do you want to talk about how that works out for you? How did you, I know that you, you talked about how you found each other as a group um, coincidentally, but in terms of personalities and how they uh, are compatible is the word that I'd use. Can you explain how that works out? Yeah, sure. So what's actually interesting is that everyone in this group comes from complete different backgrounds and we all have something unique to bring to the table in terms of interests or even just personalities even sense of humor, everyone has something different. And um, in terms of compatibility, I think it just comes down to just being open to talk to someone who's a little bit different than you and just being chill. <laughs> That's all it is. And just, um, and then next thing you know, you're best friends and you're hanging out all the time. And, you know, the bond between two friends just grows and that's all there was to it, really. There wasn't, it wasn't forced. It was just naturally happened. And next thing you know, we're hopefully friends for life. I also wanted to ask, out of all the content that you've made, do you have a certain post or certain type of content that you really are, you find most engaging or most interesting to make that really you can't wait to do at the end of the day if you're planning for it? Yeah, so um, we we have a certain question videos where we ask the general public. Um, usually, they're they're like relatively easier questions to answer. It's not really it, sometimes people in the comments, you know, they they're like, "Oh, you guys are medical students. That question is too easy." But that's not the purpose of it. It's um, it's kind of to educate the public on something as simple as like, what's the difference between a heart attack and a stroke? Not everyone knows that, but you would think, as you know, future doctors, like that is something that maybe people should know um the difference between so making videos like that is really fun because it's kind of cool to see um you know people kind of piece it together in their head they're, they're literally out there talking out loud right in front of you while we're recording and the, it's kind of neat to see the ways that they can kind of arrive at the correct answer but with a different reasoning and then even if they get it wrong it's just kind of nice because now they're not going to forget the difference between a heart attack or a stroke once we've explained it to them and of course, not just them, but then when this video goes on the internet and now everyone that's seen it will also know the answer to that question. Um, there was, I think Aaron, Aaron likes to say this all the time, but uh, so there's a bar district in College Station where our university is and it's called Northgate. And so uh, every weekend or so, every other weekend or so we would go down there and in, instead of going inside the club and having fun and stuff, we would actually have more fun outside the club having people come up to us to answer our questions. And it became really fun because it started off that we would have to go up to people and explain who we are and be like, hey, we're first year medical students. Um, we have a TikTok page. We you know, would like to ask you a question if that's okay with you. 
um, eventually got to a point where people were coming up to us to ask us questions and we like would run out of questions to ask them because there's so many people. And that, I think that was just a very cool, neat experience that I didn't think I would ever get to have going into medical school. Sounds great, Harsh. Uh, I just want to kind of touch upon going back towards um, what the page is all about, about you know being able to spend, have free time and you don't really have to, you know, always study. So just like from outside looking in, med school students always, you know, have a really busy schedule just with their studies. So like, how would you guys kind of kind of go go into detail about like, how would you like kind of set a time, set time aside for like maintaining a healthy social life and like, you know, make time for this anyway, kind of, can you guys go more in depth than that? Uh, anyone can answer it. Justin, you want to take this one? I really like the answer you said one time about have like categories and filling each category that one time at one of our panels. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I think um, th this is something that uh, I've gotten advice on and, and that advice is that uh, you kind of go into med school with a list of non-negotiables, right? Things that you, you just don't want to negotiate on, things that you want to keep consistent throughout your experience in med school. And obviously that list might change, right? Uh, as you have uh, different experiences and different uh, tribulations in, in medical school, uh, you might have to adjust, right? If you love playing video games three or four hours a day, and that was your hobby before med school, and then you start med school, okay, you might have to you know, change your non-negotiable a little bit to adjust for the, the, the changes that med school will bring. But I, I think going in with a list of priorities is really helpful because it, it starts to set into, into perspective what is important to you in life and things that you want to keep going. And you might realize that some things that you spent a lot of time doing, you might actually not want to do anymore, right? Just because it, it isn't as valuable um, of a use of your time. And because time becomes such a uh, constrained variable, you, you start to cut things out and they, they fall out of your non-negotiable list. Uh, but I, I think that really helps. And I think some things lend itself really well together, you know? So, if you're extremely stressed because of all of the, the workload you have in med school, working out or hanging out with friends can kind of help you de-stress. Um, and it, it, whether it be, you know, there's a, the friend group of, of, uh, of the med school boys, right? Us hanging out, us going out to eat, asking questions. And, and that is both very enjoyable, but then it's also kind of shifted where uh, now med school boys is kind of a brand. It's kind of an extracurricular for us. And it's something that we believe uh, can grow and help a lot of people. And so now we're both simultaneously, you know, just enjoying hanging out with our friends and, and having a good time while simultaneously growing something that, that adds value to the field of medicine and, and you know, helps the pre-med and medical students out. So I think finding that balance is, is different for every person, but um, I think, you know, uh, baby steps, everybody gets there eventually. And it's an iterative process. You're going to be in your fourth year of med school, still finding out the balance for some things here and there. So. I did want to extend a little off of this. Outside of just hobbies, there might be also people connections that you'd cut back your time on or possibly not even be able to dedicate time to. Has that been the case for you, Jessalyn? Um, Yeah, I would say, uh, I think like my relationship with my parents and I've got two older brothers, right? That's something that like, I have to very conscientiously make sure that I make time for. Right. So I make sure that I call my parents at least once a day. 
right? And if if I don't do that, then then that would be against my non-negotiable split. So it doesn't matter if I've got an exam tomorrow or something. Even if it's just for five, 10 minutes, that's fine. I think it is really helpful having friends who are in med school with you because they're on the same schedule. If you say, hey, I, I'm behind on material. I've got to study. Um, I need a little bit of time. I won't be able to hang out. I can't do this. Extremely understanding. But also your friends outside of medicine you try and convey that as, as well as you can, and you hope that they understand because the, the undertaking isn't an easy one, um, right? You're, you're dedicating the next four to eight years of your life, like including residency training, right? Um, you're dedicating all this time to, to further your, your field and, and your career. And so you really do hope that they understand that and, and good friends tend to, tend to understand that. So I haven't had too much trouble with that, but I think being very mindful and, and making sure that I, I'm actively maintaining the relationships that are meaningful to me is it goes a long way. That's great. Uh, kind of, I kind of just wanted to go back to like how you kind of talked about, you know, setting like the pro, like the sacrifices and like the pros and cons of like, you know, what you want to give up and stuff. Is that like, um, kind of, I've heard kind of uh, people using like similar strategies to like say if like they want to go into medicine or not. Um, can you guys kind of touch upon like, what kind of made you guys want to go into medicine or like were you guys always wanted to go into medicine and have you guys always or do you guys kind of i think his connection oh shoot my bad sorry um do you guys hear me now yeah okay okay yeah so um i said uh I think it was just when that said like the advice he got about like making like a list about like the sacrifices and stuff and um I see I know a lot of people make the same kind of list for like whether they want to go into medicine and like I was just wondering like have you guys ever had that thought of like oh wait is medicine for me like you know a lot a lot of pre-medical students have had those thoughts so what kind of advice do you have for those kind of students and like do you ever have that moment you know, I think it's natural to have those moments, no matter what field you go into, right? Every field has its own struggles, whether you're going to finance, whether you're going to engineering, business, law, what, whatever, right? Because you have to put in the work initially and there's nothing going to be where you will just be handed a good career. You have to work towards it and you have to put in the time and you have to get better at what you're doing. And medicine is the exact same way, along with your non-negotiables. So you know, thinking about what career should I take, you know, what, what career um, will give me a good lifestyle, good balance, but it's something also like doing. I think it's something everybody should think about. It's natural to think about that. And I've had those thoughts because for me, I, I don't want to work, you know, 80, 90 hours a week doing something I don't enjoy. And then I'm missing out on my family. I'm missing out on my friends. I'm missing out on my entire life. So I've had those thoughts, but then you know, I think you have to make sacrifices no matter what you're doing. I have family in different fields. Um, if you're an engineer, maybe in the beginning, it's always a pros and cons list for everything. And for me, at the end of the day, I thought that I could get that balance, having those non-negotiables set in place that even if I do go in medicine, there's stuff in my life that I wouldn't give up on, which is family, friends. Um, and then, you know, in the future, whenever I have my own family, those things I'm not going to sacrifice for myself. Um, because you do have to draw that line at some point, no matter what you're doing. So I've had those thoughts, but you know, everything is in your control. Um, 
all your life decisions, where you go to, something that's hard. Maybe you're working at a hospital and you're just given this shift, you can't work. But, you know, for me, you have to set boundaries and you have to set those non-negotiables that Jesswin said, because before you know it, years will pass by and, you know, you'll be indulged and engulfed in your own endeavor and you'll be missing out on so much other stuff. So I think just being mindful of those things in general, you can go into whatever field and make it. That sounds great. Uh, it's, uh, it's a long road, definitely. But um, aside from like usually like your social media, can you kind of talk about like, uh, I know you guys touched upon like doing sports and all, but uh, like for med school, have you done like extracurriculars for like Inter like in the med school kind of like how clubs and colleges and stuff like that uh yeah i mean for i think did you say sports i don't know if i caught that correctly i said i know you guys did said that you guys do sports but like right do you guys like yeah yeah Go so ahead. we so like a couple of our classmates um i think it was like a group of us that we formed an intramural basketball team for our med school mm -hmm. and we were competing with um undergraduate and graduate students at a and m directly in the rec center so that was the first semester we then we made it to semifinals and then we lost but that was fun and then second semester we had fine five again we didn't go as far and then to finish up our second semester we had a three-on-three -three tournament with me and three other guys so it was a four of us total these are our classmates and we won that whole entire league so that was it was pretty fun you know i don't um, it's kind of like i didn't matter like an undergrad i couldn't even do that in undergrad but and i didn't if i couldn't do it in undergrad then imagine myself managing and accomplish that in med school nonetheless with all these you know obligations and a workload but we made it happen and I think that was like that was really nice it was pretty it was pretty fun and then we had our faculty come and watch and we took pictures after so that was like one I think extracurricular I would consider for myself it was just basketball but I, the other guys probably have different stuff they can touch upon wait what what was the what was the team's name come on you got to share these things <laughs> Oh, the team's name, uh, the final five team was nothing but netters. So, yes. our anatomy, <laughs> sir, I know her anatomy textbook. So, is it Frank Netters? Is that his first name? Uh, yeah, first it's, name? it's Frank Netters. Yeah. Frank Netters. Yeah. yeah. That's our, he's like goaded in terms of making all these anatomy textbooks. So, we're thinking of a name, nothing but net, and then nothing but netters. I think Jacob, Jacob Powell created that name. Yeah. But I know we wrote with that name. But yeah. Aaron, are you a, are you a point guard? You got, or you got like those sweet handles? Like, What's up? I don't have kind of I don't have like amazing as I have I have decent handles. I can I can pass the ball around, but I like my mid I am more known for my midi, my mid-range. That's my game. Yeah. He's being he's being humble. He's yeah, pretty. he is. He's being extremely <laughs> humble. <laughs> I was about to ask, like got you got handles like Jordan Poole? Are you like the next pool party or something? <laughs> but uh, uh, no, not a lot like that. That's probably harsher. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, Aaron's Aaron's motivation for for joining med school was uh, you know to fix all the ankles he's broken you know. So. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one video made those comments. What was it? The endless the endless loop, but yeah, for something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. But um, does anyone else want to touch on like what kind of extra clears they've been engaged in regards to med school? You know, one thing that we all started doing, like not necessarily intramurals, but we all started playing ultimate frisbee together and that's always been a lot of fun you know we started off and we were kind of iffy but then weather was nice in the fall and you know once a week usually like fridays we'd go out to the fields and 
we'd get about 14 other people, like not just our class, but we'd get some upperclassmen, M2s, M3s, and they would invite their buddies out. And it was a cool tradition that we had. And I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I will say it's a little bit different when you're in medical school because you're a little more pressed for time. So I know in undergrad, when you're pre-med, you're, you know, trying to like stat pad your application for med school. So you end up doing all sorts of activities. Some of them may, you may not even be that interested in, but you're doing it, you know, because you want to do some good. Um, in medical school, it's a little different because you don't have as much time. You tend to stick to activities you are 100% genuinely interested in. Um, so aside from like doing things that are fun, the other things that we do are like research and because uh, when we apply for residency, those are things kind of those are the kind of things that they uh, will also look at, like research and uh, volunteering. And so those, those are some other random activities that extracurriculars that we do. Oh, does anyone else want to expand on that or? Me, me and Alan, me and Alan play a lot of badminton together. Like maybe oh, yes, like, I love badminton. We get the time, maybe like once a week, we'll, we'll, we'll go. So that, that's always pretty fun. Did they ever invite me out? I always tell them to invite me and they never no, do. No, no, hey, I did that one care. time. <laughs> I, I beat Jessen one time and then invited me out. <laughs> they're, always, they're always running duos, dude. They're like, yeah. Nice. Uh, um, it's glad to see that you can at least laugh about it and have fun about it. But um, just like touching about like the residency comments that Harsh made, can you kind of like go into like how like the process for residency, like what kind of stuff that you guys look for is like kind of different toward like, you know, getting to medical school? That's a personal question I have. Yeah, sure. So um, I can I can go into this a little bit. Uh, so mm -hmm. it, I would say one thing that is, is common among all pre-med to med school applications is that every med school is essentially looking for the same things. They, you know, they're looking for you know, MCAT, GPA, clinical experiences, like shadowing, research, that's standard. If you, if you do well in all of those five categories, no matter which med school you apply to in the United States, um, you're, you've got a good shot. With residency, that's not necessarily the case. So uh, residencies have varying levels of competitiveness um, based on the type of specialty you're interested in. So if you're going for a primary care specialty versus a uber specific um, surgical specialty, the level of competitiveness will vary. And then also program specific competitiveness. So uh, let's say you go to um, Harvard's uh, you know, pediatric uh, residency program uh, versus a surgical specialty program in, in the middle of nowhere. Um, those might vary in competitiveness as well. So that gives it a, a certain level of, of um, difficulty as far as competitiveness. Normally, an applicant will pick one specialty, sometimes two depending, but they'll pick one or two specialties um, and they will uh, prepare for that specific specialty and apply for programs in that range from the top tier schools in that specialty to uh, lower ranking schools in that specialty. Um, things that those applicants look for also vary based on the specialty. So, um, you know, your step one score used to be one of the biggest factors. Now that they've made a pass fail, we're in a gray area where people aren't sure exactly what's highest, but most people are saying that step two uh, CK is going to be the now determining score or factor for residency programs. Um, research uh, and you, you know your publications, abstracts, case reports, those things um, play a factor as well, but that also depends on the specialty. So uh, uh, the 
uh, ERAS application uh, releases um, data every year on the average number of publications per specialty. So some specialties will have about 15, some will have two or three. So it, it really depends on the specialty. And when we say publications, that, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, your first author, second author, that could be like a case report or an abstract or a, a, a presentation at, 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 a, at a convention. It, it, it's a wide ranging publication. Um, so th those I would say are, are the biggest things. And then connections make a difference as well. So if, if, you, if you are um, rotating at a, a clinical institution near you, and let's say, for example, let's say you went to or orthopedics. If you do an orthopedics uh, away rotation um, in, during your clerkship time at your home institution, um, you'll have a good shot. Let's say you do an away rotation at another institution that you're interested in. So uh, we are at Texas A&M, uh, a university that's close to us is UT Dallas's, right? So if let's say you go to their affiliated hospital and do an away rotation there, that has its own, its own application process and that's still during med school. But let's say you do well there. That's kind of like an audition. And, and then when you go applying for residency, that director of that program is now familiar with you. They know, okay, this guy's got a great work ethic. He showed up every day. He put an effort. He asked great engaging questions. That makes a big difference as well. And so you can do away rotations at places that you're interested in. Um, so like medical school application and pre-med applications, um, varying degrees of competitiveness, and you have to tailor your application for what you're interested in. So in those ways, they are very similar. Got it. Thank you for that. Um, so just like as we touched on before, um, some uh, two of our founders are from Texas A&M. And while they are an undergrad, I just kind of wanted to see what did you guys like? What do you guys think uh, is like the best part at being a at A&M? Oh, anyone could touch upon this. Sorry. So when I went to under, oh, sorry, you want to go, yeah, ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead. Okay. Um, so when I went to undergrad, I went to UT Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like I would say like a small school by any means, but um, we didn't have a football team and we're kind of like um, in a random suburb city of Richardson. And it just didn't feel like when I, when I would go visit my friends in other universities like UT um, or A&M or U of H, it just felt more of like an, like you could feel the school spirit a little more. Um, so I thought that was kind of a nice change coming to A&M. And it's like, it's literally Aggie land, right? Like literally anywhere you drive around in College Station, there's just giant signs that just say Aggie land. And of course our, our football team is decently good. And so it's, it's big there. And it was just kind of cool to see that difference and um, like having that school spirit, everyone's just like, I, like I'll wear my Texas A&M shirt uh, when I'm traveling and without failure, every single day that I wear it, at least three people come up to me and talk to me about A&M. And it's just, it's just crazy that, and that never happened when I wore my undergrad shirt. So. <laughs> no, that happened to me. I went to DC right after we finished our second semester and I was wearing our, like a cream colored Texas A&M medicine shirt. And I was walking like in public and be seeing some random dude is like coming off somebody's he's like, Hey man, gig him. And he like continues. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> I turned, I was like, yeah, man, I'm on A&M. And he showed me his Aggie ring. I'm like, that's crazy. And DC nonetheless. But if I was wearing my SMU shirt, guaranteed that would not have happened. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this, that's one of the cool thing about Texas A&M is that the school spirit and culture, everyone likes it. Everyone's taking care of each other and everyone's proud of it. 
And that's not something you see in a lot of college campuses, even going to UT, you know, you know, when you see another fellow UT Austin person, you don't necessarily say anything. You just like, oh, okay, they just went to my undergrad, but that's probably one of my favorite parts about AM. But they could do better on food. The food in College Station is not it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I agreed, agreed. Uh, second that, third that. You know that cliche thing that every university or every school likes to say, like, oh, we're a family. Um, I, I feel like at AM it actually feels like that. Like the way our faculty treat us, the way our peers are, uh, other students, and it just actually feels like we're one big family. Whereas I my friends from other universities, I feel like can't say the same. And Jess went, uh, he went to AM for undergrad as well. So he probably has more insight, you know. Yeah, I, I, AM was definitely not my first choice undergrad. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's, it's in the South, uh, right? I mean, all of Texas is in the South, but like it, you know, it has connotations of being a little conservative and like, you know, I, you know, being a, a Indian brown kid, I, you know, I grew up in South Texas, so there's a large minority population. So it wasn't, you know, I was, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie, you know, like I, I, I went most of my life without any any you know racial experiences of any sort. So I was a little nervous, but I will say, A and M was was not any of those things, right? I at no point did I ever experience any anything uh, racially oriented um, at Texas A and M, and it was super supportive of school. And A um, and M has a thing that they call a, a two percenter, right? And that's pretty much someone that. Uh, just doesn't like any of the AM traditions, doesn't subscribe to the AM, you know, hoorah energy that that's there. And so I, for a long time, I, I kind of put myself in that boat of I was the two percenter. And so I did I did my undergrad there and then I did my MBA there. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm getting one too many degrees at this university. I, I should probably, you know, be more into this. And but at no point was it was an AM's end. It was always my end. You know, I I I personally was just like, I don't know about all this gigum stuff, you know, and 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 I think it, it uh, you know, uh, Harsh and, and uh, Aaron and, and uh, Arbel are definitely correct in saying that it is a super, super supportive uh, infrastructure. I, I, I couldn't imagine going to, to any other med school because if I did, I, I one, it, my rates of like dropping out would probably have been higher, you know, uh, just because the, the support infrastructure there is just so phenomenal. At no point did I ever feel like I couldn't reach out to a professor or a faculty. I mean, we, we had we had professors who would who would come in on weekends and do anatomy tank reviews, you know, for us. I mean, I even I was my weekend and I didn't want to show up there. And here here was this prof was doing like three or four of these tank reviews on that weekend. <laughs> I think that's that just like shows the dedication that some of those profs have. And so I, I think that it might be hard to find that somewhere else. So you're like Justin's like, couldn't be me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, that's crazy to me. So you know, I think that was shown in the medical school interview as well. Um, you know, when interviewing for multiple medical schools, AM interview by far was my favorite. I think people were just kind. Um, the people there that were facilitating, they were, I don't know what it was. I can't pinpoint one particular thing, but something just made it really nice and comfortable. Arbub, on your interview day, did, um, I'm asking the questions now. Uh, sorry. <laughs> on your interview day, did uh, you do a, a tour with uh, Dr. Cecilio on a bus? I don't know if that's something that happened. Uh, when I uh, when I applied, it was just like all Zoom, so I didn't get to actually tour. Okay, so yeah. this is, if you had interviewed in person, this is something that happens at the AM interview, which is super cool. We, we have a, um, a uh, 
a pediatrician who's also a faculty, Dr. Cecilio, and he actually hops on a, like a like an AM school bus kind of thing. And then all the interview candidates also get into the bus. And this is like during your interview day, right? And so you all hop in this bus and then the bus takes you around College Station. And, and Dr. Cecilio, who's a really comedic, high energy guy, he like gives you a tour of the school um, and he you know, tells you all these like history and facts. And he, he went to A&M's med school as well, way back in the day. And so uh, that's a really cool experience just seeing like uh, a um, Aggie past medical student, now Aggie physician, um, kind of giving you that experience. And his license plate says Aggie MD. So he's, you know, he, you know, he, he's definitely bought into the Kool-Aid. Uh, but um, I just, you know, iterating on what Arbub said, I think that there, there is a lot of just like, like passion that the school brings and it's nice to see. That sounds very descriptive. I should definitely hire you guys for like some campus tour, like med school, like ambassadors. But no, we're not getting paid, but we're not getting paid, but we need to send this podcast to the school. So yeah, I know we're about to get a sponsorship right now. <laughs> hey, just they should, uh, they should sponsor your channel, your TikTok channel. You should put uh, a <laughs> on your future merch or something like that. <laughs> Just I wanted to ask you, you ever get an Aggie ring? Yeah, so um, behind the whole two percent or energy, I I was not gonna get an Aggie ring because it was at the time it was it was a thousand fifty eight dollars, and I was like, okay, there's no way that's happening. I mean, it's gold, sure, but I was like, no, it's not happening. That's that's really expensive, uh, and I just I just wasn't interested. But so I had applied for an Aggie ring scholarship, right? And so basically, previous A and M uh, graduates. Um, will donate uh, money for a ring and then um, you apply for a scholarship and if you got the scholarship then uh, you they, they'll pay for your ring and so I had applied for this and I've just been deferring because I was like the only way I'm going to get a ring is if somebody else is paying for it because there's no way I'm going to right and then uh, I ended up so I, I didn't my all my friends that year had gotten the Aggie ring and then uh, the, the following year um, you know I ended up getting the like the scholarship and so so I, I got this Aggie ring and I was like, all right, I guess I'm getting a ring, right? And so I ended up paying, I think, $58, which is super cheap for for for, for like this like pretty heavy gold ring. Um, I've got it somewhere here. But I um, your dad was really proud of you. No, oh, my, my dad, my dad was my dad was like, oh, he's made the right decision, you know. <laughs> um, and so then um, but I and I think that's really meaningful though, that like the alumni are are offering scholarships uh to you know kind of uh, provide. And unfortunately, the, my donors at the time weren't able to make it um, to the to the ring day, but um, on other circumstances, winners of that scholarship would meet their donors and they'd have a conversation and say, "Oh, this is where I'm at in my academic journey," and this is what. I, so that's that's this is like a really wholesome experience. And um, I I know down the road, uh, you know, when, when I'm when I've got some doctor money coming in, you know, I, I'd like to sponsor a student and 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 their Aggie ring experience because I, I think that is really meaningful, you know. So um, I I've definitely bought into the A and M uh, experience. Did you send your kids to the real test. We'll see. We'll see. It depends. Sounds great, guys. Um, so uh, I was just kind of curious, like, where do you guys kind of see the platform changing or growing in the future? I know you guys did collabs with uh, Car Beauty and uh, the Derm Doctor, actually. So just kind of curious on what's coming down the pipeline. Um, well, there were some other people uh, that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Life of a Doctor. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah. a, 
we have one video coming up with him. I think I was going to post that one today, actually. Oh, no. 9 p.m. maybe. S sneak um, peek. Sneak peek. But um, I think what we want to do with this page is a lot more, in, like, like we started, like, how it began was, like, more vibey, but as our content, as our followers increased and we established ourselves more, or more so on the frequency of, like, we want to continue doing the vibey stuff because, like, that's how our page was born. But we also want to do educational content. So we're working with like a and faculty making informative videos. That's one thing we do. And a lot more collabs because now that we've established ourselves, we have access to this network of social media of other like-minded people like us and doing collabs with them is a lot of fun. So, you know, I think we're still reaching out to be different people we have yet to meet and, you know, crafting up collaboration videos with them. So unless any of the other guys can speak on that, that's currently what's on my mind right now, future content. I think like also in terms of like trajectory for this platform is we're still all kind of figuring things out on like a weekly, monthly basis that somebody will have an idea like, hey, let's do this and we'll work on that project and get it up and rolling. And, you know, we don't have the next two, three years planned out. It's just, you know, maybe this upcoming year, we'll try to get some philanthropic stuff out that we, we're all passionate about and maybe work on that. Um, but I think the main thing is that we want to learn from this platform because like even stuff like how Justin was mentioning that, you know, he's making a website, working on t-shirts that has its own type of skill sets that you need to bring in to learn and, you know, put that out. Same thing is if you want to start an organization, a, a nonprofit, you learn different skill sets, you give back to the community. So I think for us, we learn from this platform. We want to give back to the community and we want to have fun and, you know, build our friendship while at it. So I think those three things and if there's anything that aligns with those will will be what our focus is for the trajectory of this uh, platform. That's yeah. great. And it, it seems like you guys already started giving back, especially you guys did like, I'm pretty sure you did like a stethoscope, stethoscope scholarship like way back. I forgot when, but it was way back. So it's great uh, to see you guys doing that. But just to wrap it up here, uh, do you guys want to give any uh, tips for the future doctors listening in? Um, I would say that uh, um, you don't have to be a, a perfect applicant. Uh, I know there's 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 probably a lot of social media influencers out there who say, "Oh, this is how I got a you know a 517 on my MCAT, and this is how I uh, crushed my interviews." And it's always like on the polar end of the spectrum. Rarely do you see a video where like I'm a mediocre applicant, but I got it. You know, like you, there's no content like that. I would say, or there's there's certainly some content gaps in that, but. The thing is, there one are plenty of mediocre applicants, for lack of better terms, right? It's it's it, people who get into med school, they get in on a bell curve, right? There are going to be your five seventeens, but then there are also going to be your five hundreds, and those people all get through med school, they all get into residency, they all become successful positions, and so, you know, if you go to a a, a major university or even a smaller university, and and you have peers that are getting into med school left and right. Right? and they have these phenomenal stats, uh, don't be discouraged. Sure, aim for those things, but also uh, be true to yourself and, and know that um, there is value that you'll be bringing to the table um, in your application and in your interview. And I, I wouldn't be discouraged by, by, by those around you. Um, when we got into med school, um, one of the upperclassmen gave us a quote that said, comparison is the thief of joy. And I, I highly encourage you uh, to to spend your time when you're applying for medical school and you're, you're you know you're you're down because of 
your your scores or or your or your interview experience or, the, or whatever it may be that you know don't compare yourself to others you know just focus on yourself and 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 you know keep taking steps forward all right well i think that wraps up today's episode thank you all so much for joining and this was a really really enjoyable episode we learned a lot both informative and casual topics here um, and if the chance does come again, we'd love to have you on. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about. So for now, thank you so much. Uh, we wish the best of luck to all of you in your second year. To those who are listening, if you're new to the podcast, we talk about topics like these and more. We have series over dual degrees in medicine. We had a series over financial management, uh, being healthcare professionals, and a few more. So if you want to scroll down our page, look through them, explore, and browse, feel free. We publish every other Friday. So it's a bi-weekly Friday schedule. Outside of that, again, thank you to everyone joining us today. We look forward to having you there for the next episodes.